This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Welcome to podcast number five, Sick and Wrong. This is your host, E. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. Hello, everyone. Feels so good to be back. It's been about a week, but so much has happened in the news, and uh, so much... So many sick events have happened, and uh, yeah, it's it's good that we're here to uh, bring these to light for you, the listening audience. And uh, yeah, once again, I'd like to thank everyone for uh, sending us some emails. We have some emails to discuss towards the end of the show, though, towards the end of the show. But uh, once again, that's sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. And uh, check out the website. Lance has been uh, updating it. It looks cool. There's like blinking stuff now and like a retard that moves his hands or something. I'm a nerd. Yeah, well, at least one of us knows how to do that type of shit. I've been uh, adjusting the web nodules and extensions to make it uh, more pleasurable for the listeners. Is that your Bill Gates impression? Yeah, actually it is. <laughs> it, 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 it sounds pretty pretty, pretty close. But um, anyways, I'd like to also thank the uh, Reach Around Foundation for uh, bringing, to, bringing to everyone another uh, fine, sick and wrong show. So, we do have um, to thank them, all, you know, whenever we can. Definitely, definitely. So Lance, you mentioned this to me earlier, and and I'm actually think this is something that we need to discuss. It it, it just kind of surprises me, and I think it's a long time coming. So they finally busted Canada's worst serial killer. Those smug Canadians. Those sm- but those smug, polite, benign, neutral Canadians. Finally, they have a killer. Yeah, well, you know, they... We're they, talking about. They call themselves, you know, Americans, except without the guns, or they call us Canadians, but with guns. They're just so smug about their uh, non-violent, blah-blah, annoying culture up there. That's what's great about that new conservative president that, like, wrested power right. in Canada. You heard yeah. about that? Yeah, I did. I think that's great. But let's get into this with A little taste of our medicine this for is a, This is a story that I think, you know... We as a society are at the beginning stages of uh, hearing about the story. I'm hoping, you know, throughout the other uh, podcasts after this, maybe we can come back with updates. But because this story is definitely just beginning, uh, Canada has just um, put on trial officially. Uh, it, I guess it's uh, largest. What do you call it? most prolific serial killer that's ever mean, had? I, I didn't. Yeah. What's what the what word is there? the proper term? I would say just the most successful, hardest working. Killer. Yeah, <laughs> the hardest working serial killer. This he's, guy put in overtime, though. I he's mean, the James Brown of serial killing. <laughs> um. So yeah, this is the biggest ser- serial killer that Canada's ever had. Uh, his name is Robert. His stats are great. Well, yeah, alleged. Serial alleged killer. Stats, yeah, yeah okay. like that always happens. Whenever you, somebody's alleged, they yeah. actually are. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't formally been charged yet. Yeah. No, he's been charged, but he hasn't been tried. He's but uh, here. I'll tell you here. I'll give it the whole background. Robert William Picton faced 15 murder charges in Vancouver's missing women case. Vancouver. In, t- in 2002, 15. In May 2005, uh. The attor- Canadian attorneys added 12 more first-degree murder charges against Picton, bringing the grim total to 27. 27, 27 murder charges. However, reading further God, on I'd the love story, to be that guy's lawyer. Picton's so after this May May 2005, they added 12. He's up to 27, and they went into an in-depth preliminary uh, uh, preliminary to the hearing, you know, investigation. Um, so now Picton's trial didn't start till late until late January 2006. Just happened. Um, so now they're really they think they have all the evidence they so, can get. So right now they're charging him though with 27 murders. 
They're charging him with 27, but then here's sort of the background on the case. Uh, Rebecca Guno, G-U-N-O, a drug addict and prostitute. He's one of those. He's, try, oh, he's trying so to he's, cleanse society. You know, it's sort he, of a typical But, he, but also he's one of those guys that preys on, like, the you know, the easiest, the most vulnerable people. Because right. he's not going after housewives here, breaking right. into people's houses. Right. Yeah. Just getting a hooker off the street. But I, th- I think it's a double-edged thing. You know, they're easier because they're just drug addicts and they're, you know, on the street. But then they also, th- these guys feel like they're, like, actually doing good, you know, getting these horrible well, people. Well, probably because he, yeah, it's, like, cathartic for him because he feels like he's, you know, the, the angel of death, like the right. the street cleaner. And there's a sexual ass. You know, they're out there dressed like whores. Yeah, he's probably into it. Um, But anyways, so Makes her, na- her name was actually the first of 61 61 prostitutes and you know just general drug drug addicted down and out women that would eventually be placed on the list of women to disappear mysteriously from the drug infested area uh over the two decades that followed this is a drug infested area of vancouver so there's actually 61 missing whores and drug addicts and or drug addicts so you know they're charging him with 27, but there's actually 61, 61 missing, missing people that, that no could idea. be tied linked right. to this case. So this guy, so that's 61 not including the 27, or is the 27 part of the 61? Part of the 61. So that's 61 murders. Jesus, dude. Hardest what, working what man about in Canada. Our, what about our hardest working serial killer? Like our most successful serial killer. I'm going to have to do some research. Maybe next week I'll come well, back know, with I, that. I was trying to figure that out. I was looking through some books I have, and... The only one I could come up with was the Green River Zero Killer. Do you know what the number was for that? I'm I'm not quite sure what the number was on that, but uh, I know the guy must have killed at least 40 women because didn't they find all these uh you know these bodies? Yeah. Yeah, in, in that farmhouse. This was up in like Oregon or something. Oregon, Washington. Or Washington. I think he moved around a little bit. But he was like a truck driver. He just killed up and down the coast. Right. The Northwest Coast, but they they never they never managed to pinpoint exactly how many murders he committed. So the forty one number is that what he was convicted of, or that's what they thought? No, I think they only convicted him of like eight. So this guy's up to sixty one. I know, you know he's implicated once again. Canada. So, so why bad. aren't they saying that this is the biggest serial killer in North America? Does Mexico have some like superstar we don't know about, <laughs> or what? <laughs> like hundred, you know, hundred fifty people that he killed? Maybe they, I don't. Know. I bet you Mexico has has their fair share. But no, you know what's funny about this article is Canada has a lot of white people. There's so many white people up there that you know there's some sick and twisted motherfucker who's killing people, just and you know just keeping it. You know, keeping living his life normally like a normal, you know, yuck, yuck, Canadian, happy guy, happy go lucky. Eating Canadian bacon, drinking beer. Eating Canadian bacon, drinking beer, watching watching hockey. hockey, Right. You know, listening to Rush. But meanwhile, he's got some dark, deep, hidden secrets. Right. There's not a whole lot of information out here about this guy because it's the beginning of the trial. They don't say how he was busted or where they found the bodies or anything. Well, they're they're making a conscientious effort to keep that information under wraps because they don't want it to, uh, you know, affect the potential jurors. But so here's all that's out there. Um, 53-year-old guy owns a pig farm out in the country. That's <laughs> where the, that's where they excavated a bunch of these bodies. You know, these guys always well, have like some. Why don't the guy just feed them to the pigs? That's a good point. Like, and I've learned that from Deadwood that you just feed yeah. the bodies to the pigs and nobody ever finds anything. It, yeah, it was like in that uh, one uh, Silence of the Lambs movie. What was it? Hannibal. They were feeding all the bodies to the pigs. I didn't see that one. Yeah, but I mean, it's just a great way to you know get rid of a corpse. I'm wondering if so he's just, the best way to dispose. of I'm a wondering corpse. if he's just one of those rich guys who who just bought the pig farm and got rid of all the pigs. 
You know, because oh, he's going to be burying a lot of prostitutes there. He doesn't really want the livestock. He just wants to live there. He just there. wants a farm so he could bury the prostitutes. So they found a bunch of bodies on the pig farm uh, that he owns. This guy, I mean, he did it. I mean, it's so obvious. But uh, And then so they found something in the pig farm house that also led them to a nearby swamp. Like, you know, marsh area where they dug up a bunch well, of more what bodies. was it like an arrow pointing to the swamp <laughs> i don't know <laughs> just this flashing arrow but if you ever you know if you ever meet, the if, swamp. You, if you ever meet some guy or at somebody's house and they like live on a you know a pig any kind of livestock farm that's defunct and there's a swamp nearby that, that's just a bad sign yeah no i mean this guy is so obviously guilty i i don't really see them having much you know the prosecution having much difficulty you know bringing this case against him but the one thing that i find disquieting and disturbing, really, is that Canada has a more prolific serial killer than us. I'm Do ex- we kill so many people every year? Well, our gross numbers are way up. They just have this one superstar. Yeah, our, our, gross, uh, our gross numbers of murders are way above theirs. Americans, seriously. I, I know there's a, some probably some closet serial killers out there who have, maybe haven't killed yet. But 61 in Canada. I know we can beat it. Well, you know, he's like the Wayne Gretzky of serial killers. I mean, we we could never top Wayne Gretzky, could we? No, I guess he's the great couldn't. one. But it just pisses this is me the great off. One. This is the it, great one of murder. It just pisses me off that they have you know a better hockey player than us, a better serial killer than us. You know, I, honestly, actually, I'm going to do some research by the next show and oh. figure out if we have a better serial. Like, you I, know, I thought, a serial killer who's killed more murders. I thought you were going to say that you were going to do some serial killing before the next show. Yeah, I'd try to get 62 in by in a week. I was going to stop coming over for the podcast. <laughs> no, but anyways, I don't know. It's just it's it's very interesting to me that uh, that they have a serial killer who is more successful than ours. That's all I really want to say about it also, but but hopefully we'll have updates, you know, as details come out. I'm, and people, I'm definitely going to follow the story. Yeah, and people, if you know anything about it, send us an email, sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. I say we move on with the show here and uh, let the game begin. As you know, uh, Sick and Wrong, I'll just rehash real quick. That Sick and Wrong, what we do here, it is America's number one source for antisocial commentary. But not only do we comment on uh, various disturbing news items of the week, Lance and I go head-to-head. He picks his most disturbing, unsettling news item. I pick mine. And the winner gets a case of beer. MGD. And, uh, yeah, MGD. Case of MGD a week. That's what's writing on here. So we invite you to uh, listen to the podcast, send us an email as to which article you prefer, or, you you know, which article made you puke. And uh, that, that would be the winner. The current score is two all, and we're in the fifth round. You know, I, I, I find it difficult to uh, keep score. But uh, who, who goes first this time? Are you going to go first, or should I? Uh, that I, I don't remember either, so why don't you go? All right, all right. Well, I kind of have a two-parter here. The only reason that they're two parts, not because I'm trying to get two articles to your one article. The fact of the matter Whatever, is, cheater. The fact of the matter is both these articles are semi-related because they both kind of involve the same type of crime, so to speak. So anyways, it all starts out in uh, Modesto. And this article is like completely current. It actually just... Uh, just happened today. Is Modesto Modesto's the Central Valley of California, right? There's a lot of a lot of those people who drive like three hours to work every day to work in the Bay Area or Silicon Valley. They live in Modesto. They drive, well, Fresno, Modesto, yeah. Modesto's mm-hmm. pretty much like mid California. Like in the Central I Valley. I might not know what the fuck I'm talking about. I think it's about what? Like is it a three hour drive from uh, Oakland? San Probably. Francisco? Maybe more. 
But anyways, um, I guess this happened on October 7th, but the woman was uh, charged uh, today. Modesto police said that uh, Kelly Pratt wanted her feeble 65-year-old husband to have sex with her the night of October 7th. Who doesn't? Yeah, I know. Feeble 65-year-old man. Get in line, honey. She's like, I want sex now. Well, when uh, Arthur Pratt refused, and if you saw this picture of uh, Kelly Pratt, you probably would have refused too. Police said 45-year-old Kelly Pratt jumped on him, held him down, bit him repeatedly during a savage attack where she was making animal noises and uh, ultimately killed him. Was she having sex with him at the same time? No. Or just biting? She just bit him. I mean, she pulled a complete Marv Albert. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. She went feral. She, yeah, she she went completely feral. I mean, this guy's 65 years old. She's There's a 20-year age difference. Wait, how old is she? She's 45. Okay. I mean, that's kind of why you don't marry a girl that 20 years younger, unless you can afford bodyguards. Like, Hugh Hefner has bodyguards in case, you know, one of those bitches freak out. Well, plus, he's figured out that, you know, you pit them all against each other, and it ends up a big cat fight instead of turning on you. Yeah, because he could, like, you know... Yeah, I bet you that his bodyguards are probably like those chicks in the Austin Powers movies. Awesome. Yeah, a bunch of chicks that have, like, guns in their tits. But anyways, uh, Arthur's skin was riddled with more than 20 deep tooth marks. So she was, like, biting chunks of flesh. He uh, died this Sunday at uh, Doctors Memorial Center in Modesto. Um, Yeah, six days after the attack. I wonder what old guy tastes like. I don't know. Probably depends on his diet. You know, I don't know. I guess uh, Sergeant Al Carter believes that the uh, case will be ruled a homicide and that the bites are most likely the cause of death. He was able to dial 911 that night, and this is, this is one of my other favorite parts. They have a tape recording of him screaming while she was biting him. Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine listening to that if you're like Bitch, that 911 operator? Me. She's biting me! God damn it! I would, just, I would just love to hear that tape. But, I mean... I've watched, I've watched. Can I interject? I've watched yeah. a lot of cops, and just you know, every day on cops, there's on the TV show Cops, there's you know three different stories of men just beating their wives mercilessly, and this guy showed a lot of restraint, didn't he? I think it's because he was a feeble sixty-five-year-old man. I think he was just overpowered by his wild woman. Yeah, 65 is one of those ages where certain men are just decrepit, and then other guys look like they're still 40. Well, not to mention this guy was suffering ailments, which I'll get to in a, in oh, a couple seconds. Right. Did I jump the gun? But it's funny that you mentioned cops, because when officers arrived, because, I mean, he was calling 911 while the, the woman was biting him, and when officers ar- arrived to his house, he was screaming that he'd been assaulted. She jumped off of him. And jumped onto the officers, started fighting with them, and bit them too. Oh, she was. <laughs> see, I was wondering if she'd like cleaned herself up, and then the officers came over, and she was like, "What, it's what not, seems to be the problem?" Officers? It's like, it's, <laughs> her <laughs> husband's got all these like bite marks all over his body. Her hair is all sprayed. She's got those like forty-five-year-old woman <laughs> pants on. She just comes to the door. But dude, this is a total episode of cops. I mean, the guy's screaming, is, he's been assaulted. She jumps up and starts fighting with the officers and trying to bite them too. Which, she went feral. Yeah, I know. I guess he had just been released from a hospital several days before the attack. He suffered from diabetes, heart and circulation problems, and like myriad other health issues. That'll be me when I'm sick. And so while those ailments probably weakened his system, they say that's not what killed him. What killed him are infections that came from the uh, direct result from being bitten. Did she have like some nasty pyorrhea mouth or what? Dude, you should see this woman's teeth. She's smiling in this mugshot picture, and it's just like she has these green... <laughs> Like horse-looking teeth, these equine-like teeth, these ugh. 
You should have seen it coming. Is that what you're saying? Well, you, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's just like if I was that guy. Well, first of all, if I was that guy, I wouldn't have married this in, insane, tw- you know, woman twenty years younger than me. He's feeble. He should be lying in bed. Yeah, but they probably got married a while ago. You know, he. I bet you, if he had Viagra, this all would have been prevented. He wouldn't have had to deny the beast her treats. No, and that's why you should have just bought her a vibrator and been like, "Shut up, I'm going to bed." Yeah, watching Matlock. Yeah. But anyway, she was booked the night of the attack on charges of elder abuse, domestic violence, and assault on a police officer. And she was uh, being held for a $50,000 bail. But now she's being charged with homicide because he died. If So if he would have died from like a heart attack, would it still be murder or manslaughter? Probably not. It probably was, No, she probably would have just been charged with like elder abuse, elder abuse or domestic violence. But since the fact that, um, you know, that he died because of a result of the infection from the wounds... You know, I bet you, you know, his system just couldn't take it. I got a question about elder abuse, and you probably don't know, but maybe somebody could email it in. So, you know how they have, like, statutory rape? Like, you didn't really rape the girl, but she's just too young. Yeah, a woman that's under 18. So, if you're old and you abuse another old person, um, is that elder abuse, or is there... You know, or is what, that just if, assault? What if his wife was also 65 and she bit the hell out of him? Would that be elder abuse, or is it like statutory rape where, like, well... Did she have dentures? That would probably come into the uh, equation somehow. Because it would make it difficult for him to bite her, you know, for her to bite him to death with dentures. Well, maybe she uses uh, polygrip. Oh, yeah, then it might work. <laughs> yeah, be... I don't know. I wonder, do you think that would be an elder abuse case? It probably would be because it's another old person that's being abused. Yeah, but if you're old, you're just you're just tangling with some other person. <laughs> so you're just thinking that it should be like pro wrestling or just with like octogenarian pro wrestling? <laughs> I would I would pay for that on pay per view, but I, I kind of feel it would be sort of boring. But I mean, maybe you could put like razor blades on the walkers or something. <laughs> so they just you know, or, or canes in, with like swords. In the left corner, in the blue depends, <laughs> Granny Smith. And in the right corner, completely incontinent, <laughs> Fred Sanford. Well, anyways, anyways, um, in summation, uh, I guess uh, Carter, Sergeant Carter said that he's seen cases where dogs have bitten kids and blood loss or infection led to death, but he's never heard of anyone being bitten to death before that was human. And I was thinking he's probably never worked in Detroit before because you know this type of stuff happens in Detroit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, moving into my second article, which is related, I'm just going to kind of breeze through this here. This happened in the UK, and this happened last week. A prostitute who bit her client's penis so hard he required an operation has denied grievous bodily harm with intent. So she's being tried for it, and she denied that it was grievous bodily harm. What is she saying? He asked for it? (laughs) Well, she said that she was being raped, and it was the only thing she could do to protect herself. But let me me give you some background on the story. I guess uh, prosecutor Matthew McNiff told the jury that Louise Jowett... Such a good English prostitute name. Yes. Louise Jowett carried out the attack because Brett O'Leary um, from Clare, which is uh, outside of London, told her he had no more money to give her after already paying her for sex. So he already paid her for the sex act, but he didn't have any more money to give her. She's a grifter. She's a grifter. And then that's why she uh, started biting him. But I guess uh, she was 22 years old. And I can't, uh, you know, they don't say how old the uh, the John was. But uh, she's 22 years old, and she bit 
and continued to bite Mr. O'Leary. It's probably because he was Irish for up to 45 seconds during the assault. So she had she was chomping down on his member for 45 seconds. <laughs> the bit. <laughs> well, what happened? September 3rd of last year, Mr. O'Leary was in the uh, area of uh, prostitute crime ridden area of London, cruising for a prostitute. He pulled up on the curb near Joet, and uh, she approached the car saying, "Hello, stranger." And uh, I guess the jury was told that she knew him previously. So they had previously, you know, engaged in illicit activities. So calling him a stranger was uh, a ruse. Yeah, I think it was I think it was kind of like tongue in cheek. She's like, "Oh, hello stranger, it's good to see you again." Did she bite her tongue also? Did she bite his tongue? Sorry. <laughs> when negotiations were complete, she agreed to travel with him to his home 60 miles away. So they made negotiations. And then she was like, okay, I'll drive with you 60 miles outside of London. 60 miles? House. Yeah. Which is kind of a, which means that he probably paid her a large sum of money because she was like, I'll drive with you on condition that I'm paid up front. He drove her 60 miles just to get a blowjob? Well, who knows? I mean, it's another probably... thing I've learned from cops, just just get it in the car and get it over with. Yeah, but he's probably, he probably wanted to have sex with her. He probably had already had sex with oh, her in the... the past. All right. This was a preliminary too. Yeah. And she said, you know, pay me up front and let's go. So anyways, uh, she used some of the money that um, he paid her up front to purchase drugs via a telephone call while on the way, to, you know, while driving the 60 miles. They arrived at his house around 2 a.m. By this time, uh, the prostitute had taken the drugs. They shared a bottle of champagne before having sex, which leads me to believe that uh, he treats his woman right. Doesn't he? <laughs> his prosties. I treat my ladies right. His prosties. Dude, he, he drives them 60 he miles. He drives her 60 miles, gives her all this money, lets her buy drugs. And gives her champagne before they have sex. And it was alleged that uh, afterwards she asked Mr. O'Leary for more cash. Uh, so once they got to the house, they drank champagne. She started asking for more cash, becoming more and more aggressive as her request continued. Now, at this point, you know, I think I would have apprehensions about putting my dick in her mouth. You know, if she's sitting here barking commands and becoming aggressive, aggressively asking me for money. Right. I don't think I'd be like, well, let me put my dick in your mouth anyways. You know? Right. While performing a sex act on Mr. O'Leary... It's a very vulnerable position. Well, listen to this. While performing a sex act on Mr. O'Leary... So she must have been asking for cash while his dick was in her mouth. He hey, told her... Give me some more money? <laughs> well, at this point, he told her, I don't have any more money. Sorry. Maybe just like, what? I can't understand you. <laughs> she then took his penis in her mouth, gripped it between her teeth... And quote-unquote, this is what uh, Mr. O'Leary said, she bit hard. She bit very hard. She <laughs> caused me indescribable pain. <laughs> Does that just make you cringe? But she didn't bite it off. Huh? They don't say they had to no. sew it back on. No, just... no she, she just bit really hard. The jury then heard that uh, Mr. O'Leary tried to pry open Jowett's mouth with his hands while she made sounds like an animal. <laughs> Like she's some kind of an anaconda or something, or some like python. I, I just picture like a growling pit bull or something with like, you know, with his dick in her mouth. But you know what? It was funny because like, so he's trying to pry her mouth open and it made me think, it made me picture that uh, scene in Evil Dead 2 when Bruce Campbell's girlfriend's head was on his hand. Remember that? And he's like oh, smacking yeah, her yeah, head against yeah. the walls. <laughs> Finally, he puts it in a vice right. and pulls his hand out. If you only would have had a vice around, you might have been uh, better off. Well, I mean, she still kept... So this guy's trying to pry her mouth open, and she still kept his dick in there for 45 seconds. So if you had been in this situation, 
Would you have just been smashing this bitch in the face? No, I wouldn't have, actually. What would you have done? Because she's got your dick between her teeth. And you're, if you smash her in the face, it's, you know, her head jerks back. How do you get, her di- how do you get your dick out? I how would, do you extract um, the penis here? I would be trying to give her the old uh, cauliflower ear maneuver. You know, where you take both your palms and you slam both her ears together as hard as you can. Because then you're not going to get any reverse jerking motion <laughs> while her teeth are yeah, still... Yeah, but you probably want the jerking motion because, you know, the finish... Uh, <laughs> So your point is that he still had a boner? <laughs> <laughs> what was left of the mangled boner? Actually, I probably would have lost Oh, I still want to come, but I wish he'd stop biting my dick. Dude, this is like total coitus interruptus. I, I, I don't think I would have been able to... Uh, I guess he was pleading with her and begging her to let go while hitting her to try to get her off. But uh, yeah, he kept her in there about 45 seconds. He then um, said there was a lot of blood while Mr. O'Leary was screaming and then grabbed the phone and dialed 999, which I guess is England's 911. Or maybe just fucked up because he was in so much pain. (laughs) (laughs) And she's growling at him. The cops came regardless, right? Um, Yeah, the cops ended up coming and uh, arresting her. And I guess during the trial, the jury heard that when interviewed by police... The prostitute told them that uh, she had never met Mr. O'Leary before, and she had acted to protect herself. She claimed he had raped her and forced her to perform a sex act on him, and the only thing she could do was to bite him. Which it sounds plausible. Yeah, who it? knows? Who's telling the truth? You know, I wonder. I think I'm going to side with Mr. O'Leary here, because, you know, he did put his dick in her mouth. I've heard of rapists doing that before. I mean, it doesn't make any sense don't to me. Just, don't you think that's like the most senseless thing to do yeah, if you're a rapist? Yeah, but I've heard of rapists doing that before. It doesn't make sense to me either. I think maybe they just trust in uh, the average human's unwillingness to harm another person, which maybe this guy, you know. But he, I mean, you're at the, in the most vulnerable position there. I agree. I agree. But then, then again, I don't have an answer. But then again, if you think about it, so this guy drove this prostitute 60 miles to his house, plied her with champagne and drugs. You know, he might have been a serial killer. Yeah. Who knows? Well, let's say that his story is true. I think this is uh, uh, another one of those great stick and wrong life lessons for uh, all our listeners out there. You know, you this guy... Always, yeah, there's dri- always some like, moral lesson here. Driving the prostitute 60 miles, giving her champagne, treating her right. Don't treat a prostitute like that because they're going to get... They just, you give them an inch and they're going to try and take a yard and they're going to try and take a mile. And get you more gotta cash g- out of you. Give the hoe the pimp hand. You just got to have the pimp hand and be like, bitch, suck my dick in the car and get the fuck out. Take it from Lance Wackerly, expert on prostitutes. <laughs> At least dead ones. All right, what do you think that one gets? Well, anyways, I'm just going to say on the sick and wrong scale for both the stories about biting men here, I'm going to have to give it pretty high. I'm going to have to give it like probably, I mean, I guess his penis wasn't bitten off, but a man did die from a a woman's bites. Yeah, well, you're combining stories, but okay. So we're giving these a combined score? A combined score, I'm thinking of about 7.5. I'm see. I'm gonna say. I think earlier on we said if one of us pukes, uh, that automatically makes the other person the champion of that show. I'm not gonna go that far, but my balls are like shriveled up into my body right now from hearing that. So that gives it an automatic seven. Yeah. And I'm gonna yeah. add on to that, you know, just for the other uh, uh, finely crafted details of the story, um, a point and a half. So I'm gonna point give it eight and a half. Well, you gave it even higher than I did. Well, well like you, I said, I'm, I'm kind he's of feeling... He's a true sportsman. I'm feeling nauseous right now. You, you know what it was for me? It was the fact that he's like, she bit hard, she bit very hard, indescribable pain. 
But let's not forget. My, my balls are like going inside of me right now. I know. They're that's form, where you got forming the, a vagina. That's where you got the seven from. <laughs> yeah. But let's not forget about the uh, vampiric Modesto forty-five year old either. You know, no, that's I'm, pretty, no, that's I mean, pretty funny and she disgusting. She bit her feeble husband to death. So eight point five for I me. Said eight point five. Okay. We'll, we'll see what I can do with what I got here. Well, I say we move on to uh, your article. Well, I was going to talk about uh, narcs, narcotic agents, nabbing drug smuggling puppies. I don't know if you heard that <laughs> oh, story. No, you know, I, I read about that today. This one is just, but it's just too sad. It's like these uh, Dude, uh, South American uh, drug dealers. Colombian. So, Colombian. Well, isn't that, what's that, Central America? South America. Yeah. That's what I said. Well, yeah, but I mean, you got to specify Colombia because we're not saying people in Chile or Argentina were doing this. Okay, should I start? Not calling, that they wouldn't. Should I start calling you Mister Geography from now on, or? or uh, I'm just saying. That's, let's that's get some specifics you. here. All right. Well, this isn't my story, but anyway. We blame where blame is due. These guys, they sewed um like it looks. It's like three pound heroin. Ba- three pound yeah. bags of heroin into these puppy stomachs. They cut them open and then sewed it in. They didn't like jam it down their throat. No, which they would, they cut the dogs open. With, and jamming sewed it down it. their throat would be bad enough, but yeah, they actually sewed it in. And they also used uh, these weren't like like you know, alley uh, mutts. These are like purebred Labrador retriever puppies, yeah. I guess because they're cuter, and the guys figured, like, well, nobody's going to suspect these cute puppies of having, like, tons of heroin horse in them, you know? But did you see the picture? It's like this adorable Labrador puppy with this, like, eight-inch gash, like, yeah. eight-inch scar on its stomach. Yeah, like, and apparently, apparently they tried, you know, the DEA agents tried to get the drugs out, and, and three of the puppies died in the procedure, but a couple from of them lived. From infections, yeah. From... Right, a couple of them lived, and, oh, well, anyways. But that's yeah, not couple, my story. But a couple of them lived, and they were going to train them to be, like, drug-sniffing dogs. Right. But, God, isn't that just horrible? I hope they, you know, become full-grown, and they find the people that are responsible, and the drugs just tear them apart. You know, you Kind know of like I, that woman Modesto. Before we get into it, you know what I also read? That uh, that they had been trying other techniques as well before the puppies, where they injected, like, heroin into some girl's ass. <laughs> what Did you about, read about that? What about kittens? What about cute little turtles? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like the... Yeah, it's limitless, the possibilities here. But that's not the story I'm doing, because I don't know if that's sick and wrong. It's just... It's wrong though. It's just, it, I mean, it's, it's kind of it's sick. like you know, it makes you disgusted with human nature. God, dude. but here's my real story. Okay, this is a, what I like to call a small story. A there's small no, story. There's no, you know, it's not a big to do, but I still like it. Do don't, don't undermine the significance. Well, what I'm, it's a technique. Oh, okay. I make you let your guard down, and then I come at you. With I the think story. you're trying to get this plea of sympathy here. From the audience. Well, now that we've totally analyzed 8. my approach. 8.5, motherfucker. <laughs> now that we've uh, analyzed my approach, I'm just going to get into it. This is from uh, Steubenville, Ohio. It's Machiavellian, this one. I have no idea where Steubenville, Ohio is. but uh, Let's just say it's in a red state in the middle of the Midwest. It is in a red state. Uh, but the headline is, man arrested over screwy ER story. Waka, waka, waka. Screwy? They have screwy in the headline. Yes, they do. Screwy ER story. Only in the Midwest. <laughs> According to Bel Air Police, Gregory Wood of Huntington, Ohio. Mr. Wood. This is funny because uh, this article is written in such a small town, uh, you know, 
uh, news agency website that they just say the towns. They don't say the states or anything. They expect you just to know. <laughs> so Gregory Wood of Huntington, well, Ohio, I guess. I don't know. Showed up at Belmont Community Hospital over the weekend with a wound to his palm and told doctors he was just he was injured while putting a swing set together. <laughs> um. Okay. All right. Fine. Yeah. That, he's that got, could happen. He's got some kids. It's feasible. He's, you know, yeah. went to went to Target or Walmart, got a swing set. One of those dads, like, I don't have any mechanical the skills. The ratchet or the wrench slips or something. Yeah. It, it slips. It goes through his hand. Um, but police say doctors were suspicious. So obviously <laughs> this guy's like all herky jerky and shit, and just like they're like, well, that guy's not telling the truth. So he's like shaking. I mean, was it just in one palm? One palm. A, a wound to his palm, not his palm. How he, severe. He's not trying to be Jesus Christ or anything. Yeah, so my first thing was, my first instinct was stigmata. Well, police say doctors were suspicious, and they checked with Wheeling Hospital, which must be another hospital in the community, to find out the man was in their emergency room a few days earlier with the exact same injury. <laughs> <laughs> Bel Air Police, uh, you know, the police that uh, surround the Belmont Community Hospital, the first hospital. Not to com- be confused with Bel Air and Beverly Hills. No, this right is now. in the middle of Ohio. Okay. Said that when a doctor approached Wood to ask him about the Wheeling Hospital visit, hey, we just called another hospital because you're such a weirdo that we don't trust you. And they said you were in here a week ago saying the same thing to them. You know, and you know what? I bet you most doctors don't put that much research into this. No. So this think, guy must have been pretty fucking weird. Well, this is in the middle of nowhere in Ohio. They just don't get a lot of stuff, so they really yeah. pay, you know, they really care for the patients that come in instead of just, it's not just like an assembly line. Yeah. But anyway, Plus, they probably don't have as many, you know? They wouldn't even have time to do this in Oakland. Right. But the doctor, the doctor approaches him and says, hey, you know, you were in, we just called this other hospital. They said you were in there with the same injury last week. What's Wood, up? Wood ran What's out of the up Wood, with that. Wood ran out of the hospital. <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> he just got up and left the emergency room. Yeah, as soon as he hurry. was confronted, Kavlik said Wood then showed up 45 minutes later at East Ohio Regional Ma- Regional Hospital in Martin's Ferry, where he gave doctors the same story. Kavlik said, Kavlik's so, the police chief said doctors in Martin's Ferry were equally suspicious, so he hasn't improved his so lying. So this is the third hospital third, well, in like three days. Yeah. No, that's actually the same day, 45 minutes later. The okay. first hospital was like a week earlier. A week than, earlier, yeah. okay, and that's the same day he hit two. So 45 minutes later, he gets to this other hospital. They equally don't believe his story. The guy's just a horrible liar or just, you know, he just has liar written all over his face. And they also call police. <laughs> the The cops finally got to that hospital before the guy had a chance to run away. Um and they sort of scuffled with him and arrested him. Apparently, this was all just about, like, getting some Vicodin. <laughs> wait, wait. This whole thing was a ploy to get Vicodin? Yeah. Um. So the guy put a screw through his hand just to go get some, like, you know, get, to get a buzz on. <laughs> like, just go buy a bottle of Jack and just drink the whole go thing. Go buy some damn Robitussin. Right. I mean, seriously, are they that hard up in Ohio? This guy, you know what it is? So this guy put a screw or a screwdriver? This guy obviously never went to college. College does two things. It prepares you for, you know, the better jobs out there later in your life. But you also get a a thorough working knowledge of all the drugs you can do. You don't have to go to great lengths to get a buzz on. There's so many options out there. And not to mention, if the guy was college educated, I highly doubt... He, I think he'd have other things to do than to stick a screwdriver through his hand in an attempt to get Vicodin. Uh, but like you said, you know, you immediately said, just go buy some Robitussin. That's because you're in college and you figure that out that Robitussin can give you a, As a similar effect. Yeah, right. exactly. So what what happened to this guy? What was the outcome here? 
Um, the doctors at Belmont Community Hospital says, uh, blah, sorry, that's not it. Um, Woods is now facing charges of deception and a, to obtain a dangerous drug. But let a me dangerous say, drug. Let me say something else about this story. So we're going to have these articles, you know, every week, and I'm starting to notice similarities in the articles. So this is kind of a trope among sick and wrong articles, and it's one of my favorite tropes in these articles. This is a specific... stupidity trope? No, 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 no. The way the article's written. There's oh, a specific okay. way you write an article like this. So here's the last quote. Doctors at Belmont Community Hospital said it is common for addicts or drug dealers to harm themselves to get painkillers. Quote, they'll often pull their own teeth out or break some minor bones just to get the narcotics, said Dr. Jerry Dagg. There are certain people who make rounds. They'll travel. They'll go from the <laughs> south up the interstate and stop at every hospital they see. So this is the trope is that... There's an article about some really fucked up guy doing some fucked up shit, and then they have the expert say, oh, this happens all this the time. This happens all the time, yeah. <laughs> and, I know, and you know what? This almost happens in every article. There's an expert saying, yeah, yeah that's not uncommon. That's just one. Uh, it's a common theme among these articles. The I, I bet you every week we could probably find an article of some inbred redneck jamming like you know some foreign object into his skin in right. you know an effort to get Vicodin. Right. But I'd, I'd never seen it before. Something. And it almost took the wind out of my sails because you know I think I found this really cool article about this guy doing it. But then the guy says, oh, it happens all the time. So I'm thinking, well, is this really sick and wrong then? Or that sort of defies it. But then I'm like, I go back and I read it. I'm like, it's totally sick and wrong. This guy yeah, put a screw <laughs> through his palm to get some to you, Vicodin. You shouldn't even be deciding whether or not that's sick and wrong. But what I understand is like, what are there no other drugs in that area of Ohio? Like where his options are so, you know, limited that he had to like, you know, the only way I'm going to get high tonight is if I jam the screwdriver through my hand and go get some Vicodin at the hospital. Isn't, I mean... I haven't uh, taken a lot of, uh, you know, these type of painkillers. Vicodin's not that cool. It's definitely I, not I, worth a screwdriver but in the hand. Sort of, I mean, a painkiller, I know it's, it's sort of different, but isn't Heroin, a painkiller yes, sort of similar to just getting really, really trashed on, like, uh, whiskey or something? No, because a painkiller could be like an opiate. All right. And so I, I think, I might be wrong here, but Vicodin, I think, is probably an opiate, not a barbiturate. But... Regardless, I mean, like a barbiturate would have the same effect as getting drunk. Get his rocks yeah, off. I mean, like Robitussin, he could have, you know, drank three bottles of Robitussin right. and would have saved the the screw in his hand. But or you just did, go to the seediest area of town and just buy some fucking heroin, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, what, what leads me to believe that this this guy obviously wasn't college educated, probably not too intelligent, and I bet you this guy doesn't have a girlfriend. Because if he had a girlfriend, his girlfriend probably would have slapped him and been like, what the hell is wrong with you? Or she would have been out in the car like, put that screw for your hand because I want some Vicodin, and she would have been arrested too. Oh, because she would have done the screwing. She would have, you know, has him by the balls and just he's the guy. Kind of like, uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Are you about you know. to say something personal? I was okay. Certain, certain, uh, you know, boyfriends, ex-girlfriends of mine. Certain boyfriends are at the mercy of their uh, girlfriends' every whim, and none of my ex-girlfriends had ever put a screw in my hand in an effort to get drugs. All I'm saying is, it's just a matter of degree, not of whether that type of behavior was going Permit, on. Yeah, whether or not it was going on. But I mean, I can honestly say that I've never done that before. But no, seriously, there, there's something just awry about that, and I kind of disagree. I mean. I'm kind of stepping out of my own professional, like, you know, uh, knowledge here that I'm willing to disagree with that expert that says that that doesn't happen that often in California. Well, California is crawling with meth also. I mean, 
Oh yeah, and I bet you they don't. I even walk have outside to and people just throw it in my face. And, you know, they, and a lot of actually, if you think about that, that's a good point. A lot of the junkies out in the tenderloin and and uh, throughout, you know, Fresno and Modesto, apparently, probably don't have to pull very hard to get the teeth out. <laughs> they should <laughs> just pick them up off the ground next to them. <laughs> they just ask uh, Jethro to punch them in the face, and they just fall out. But speaking of that, I mean. Would you, if it was a, let's say you couldn't get any drugs and you were going to do this, you're going to pull out a tooth of your own or put a screw through your hand or just go beat up a homeless guy and take his drugs, which would you do? I'd probably huff spray paint. Well, that's the third option. Yeah. Right. See, I mean, and, and if stuff. you think about that, I, I don't think this guy had that many more brain cells to lose. Right. Well, anyways. So anyways. What do you, uh, I, I, I'm going to give it, I wish there was more detail. I wish they like talked about you know, I w- I wish how big was, the screw was and if it was like all the way through I wish there was hand. more gore. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying is this, this article is definitely wrong and it's pretty sick, but it, it, it ranks low on the sick scale because there's not that much gore. No, there could be. They just there cho- should they be. chose not to uh, detail. And it. you know, this guy has probably done other things in the past that they could have mentioned. But the fact that, um, like that time he stuck the uh, wrench in his genitals, you know, <laughs> like pulled a ball out of his sack. But, uh, so but the, you know, I mean, but the fact that he went to all these different hospitals and one of them was a week prior. Gotta give him points for that. Was the, was it the same screw through his hand? <laughs> they just or just reinsert it every time. I wonder what the hell his hand looks like. Like a mangled piece of meat. Just his garbled mass, like Jesus's hand. Anyways, I get a six point nine. I'm gonna have to go with a six, maybe a five point seven. Douchebag. I'm giving a five point seven because it's wrong, but it's just not sick enough. You're a fucking knucklehead. Uh, he didn't get his dick bitten off. Look, I scored myself lower. Indescribable pain. I scored myself lower than you. How about a mercy point or two? All right, just the fact that he went to a second hospital in that day. Third. Oh, in the day. In that day, two hospitals in one day. On the stupidity scale and the desperation scale, I'm bumping it up to a 6.7. Douche. 6.7. All right. That's all you're going to get from me. All right, what now? You got an email or something? I think uh, people should email us and decide which one article you think is uh, the most foul. Sick and wrong podcast at hotmail.com. Prostitute chomping on her client's cock. Um, man getting bitten to death by his wife. Or guy shoving screwdriver through his hand. Personally, I think I won. And um, I don't know if you're going to concede. But let's leave it up to the listening audience to decide who gets the case of beer this week. I would love to do that. Sick and wrong podcast at hotmail.com. Well, I think we're out of time. Yeah, I guess that's, that's about it. You can hear the music. Ah, gotta love this song. But anyway, stay tuned for uh, next week. It's going to be podcast number six. And uh, soon to be, check for our podcast on iTunes, unless they decide not to host it. Why would they do that? You, you know, <laughs> I have no idea. I, you know, I've heard that they, they're averse to uh, people talking about bestiality and uh, And various and other <laughs> Yeah, and such. But uh, hey, you know what? I think iTunes needs to expand their mind and quit. And you know Steve Jobs? I think that, that guy's an autocratic Nazi. But anyways, uh, stay tuned. It's going to be on iTunes, um, hopefully very soon. And uh, yeah, just keep sending us an email. And that's about it for tonight. So uh, thank you. Good, Good night. night.